You're listening to The Message from the Hillsborough United Methodist Church, our weekly sermon broadcast available for working around the home, your commute, or wherever God calls you to listen. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Not only is this Valentine's Day, it is Transfiguration Sunday. It's the Sunday before Lent. Every year we read this passage or some version of this story from one of the Gospels, either Matthew or Mark or Luke. And if you've been around long, you've probably heard this story a lot. You could probably tell this story to your friends if they asked you to tell them the story of the Transfiguration. I don't know why your friends would ask you that, but if they did, you would be ready to go. It's a familiar story. We read it every year, and it's a strange story, isn't it? Jesus goes up onto this mountain with Peter and James and John, his sort of inner circle, those of his disciples that he seems to be closest with. And as they're there on top of the mountain, Jesus suddenly has transfigured. His face is different. His appearance is different. And his clothes are different. Mark goes out of his way to say, it's not just that he changed into nicer, regular, clean clothes. Nobody on earth could have bleached clothes like this. It was amazing, right? That's a fun moment. I love that moment in Mark's gospel because it just feels like he can't find the words to tell you how white these things were, but by golly, they were white. And it's easy to read this story and write, I think, to read this story and, and see that it is intended for Peter and James and John and then us as the readers to see the revelation of Jesus' divine nature. He shines brightly. You might remember in the Old Testament, there's a story when Moses is on top of the mountain and he's talking face to face with God. Nobody gets to see God face to face, but Moses has this face to face conversation with God. And when he comes down, his face is shining. It's sort of radiant um, as a sort of secondary divine light is reflecting off of Moses in a sense. Um, He's been changed in this moment himself. And it's so sort of overwhelming that the people make Moses wear a veil over his face so that they don't have to be blinded by the divine light that continues to reflect off of him. So Jesus is up there, and then Moses and Elijah appear, and Peter blurts out, Oh, this is amazing! we got to stay! Let's build huts! Let's hang out! Let's make this last forever! And as soon as he says that, This cloud sort of rolls over the mountain and the divine voice booms out of the cloud. This is my son, my beloved son. Listen to him. And Peter and James and John are sort of not 
the ground in a sense. They're overwhelmed by this moment. And when they look up, suddenly the cloud is gone. Moses and Elijah are gone. It's just Jesus. And it's not even shiny Jesus. It's just regular their buddy Jesus. And I would imagine they have lots of questions. But Jesus says, look, don't tell anybody about this until later. I have lots of questions. What happened in that moment? Why was Jesus transfigured? Why now? Why Peter, James, and John? Why not everybody else? I have lots of questions in this moment. But this moment is intended to reveal to us that Jesus is the Son of God as he said he is. That's not surprising. What's interesting, I think, as I read this story this year, is that what's revealed in that moment is not something new. It's something that they know. This is not news to them or to us. It's something that is already there that is revealed in a new way. Jesus is the Son of God. But now there's this full, complete revelation of that. But we'd already have Peter having made his profession. He's already said, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. The disciples all heard it. This is not a new thing that happens. It's revealing a thing that's been there all along. After all, Jesus has taught with authority. He has spoken about the inauguration of God's kingdom on earth. He has healed hundreds of people. He's fed the crowds. He will cast out demons. He will raise Lazarus from the tomb. I mean, not all in Mark's gospel, but you know, all these stories of Jesus' life, all of these things point to Jesus as the Son of God already. So what's revealed at the moment of the transfiguration is not something new. It's something that's been there all along. And I don't know about you, but I find that revelation and understanding often comes that way. It's very seldom something brand new. It's something that is suddenly made readily apparent. And once it is so obvious, I go, oh, that's been true a long time. I just didn't see it before. Not fully. Jesus says that we are the kingdom of God. But he doesn't just say, hey, we're going to start this new thing. It's going to be called the kingdom of God. It's going to be great. It's not a multi-level marketing thing. It's not a uh, new club he wants you to join. He's saying, this is the reality. The kingdom of God is all around us. You're a part of it. My job is to help you see it. Jesus reveals the kingdom of God in his life and in his work among the community of believers. He's revealing something that is already there. The kingdom of God, the place where God reigns in this world, is already here. But in this moment and in other moments, it is revealed. It is seen in a new way.
it's easy to read this story and think, this is Jesus sort of showing that he is unique in the world, that he is divine and no one else makes, can make that claim. He is offering evidence for his claims of being the Son of God. And that is true. And... And it seems to me that what happens in that moment is not just that Jesus reveals something about himself, but in his revelation, in his transfiguration, we are reminded that each of us is made in the image of God. And that's true, even though we don't always see it. And the work of Christ in us is to reveal what is already present to show us what is already true about ourselves, that we are beloved, that we have the capacity to share God's love with others, that we have a call in our lives to work for God's kingdom where justice and peace are the rule of the day. It's not a new idea that Jesus reveals in our journey of faith. It is what has been there all along. Someone once asked Michelangelo, supposedly, how he could possibly look at a block of marble and take this lumpy, huge chunk of rock and turn it into something beautiful, a statue of David or anything else that he made. How do you possibly go from this chunk of rock to this beautiful sculpture? And Michelangelo reportedly said, well, it's easy. I take away all the things that are not the sculpture. And that's kind of our faith journey, isn't it? It is less about adding holiness and more about taking away the things that keep the holiness within us from shining out. And it's not about adding love, but rather removing those things that keep the love within us from shining out. Our faith reveals within us what is already true about us. That we are beloved, that we are made in the image of God. As we enter this season of Lent beginning Wednesday, I'm going to do something different this year. I'm going to ask you not to think about the things that you might give up, but rather to just let God be at work in your life. So often when we invite people to consider a fast over Lent, we trade out the idea of a spiritual fast for something that we think is going to improve us. I'll do this less or I'll do this more. And those practices can be helpful. But this year, after a year of confronting our mortality in ways that most of us maybe haven't had to before, this year when everything has been turned upside down, maybe instead of thinking how we can work harder to be better, we can just relax and trust the Spirit of God to work within us to transform our lives, to reveal what is already true about us. When we say to 
our partners, and to our family and to our friends, that we love them. We often elicit in them and in us, and we hear when somebody says that to us, it elicits in us a sense of being known, a sense of being seen. Love reveals within us what is already true. It's always fun to see someone who's just met somebody new who's in love for the first time, isn't it? They just glow and they bounce around. And I think part of the reason that that happens, I mean, part of it is, you know, hormones and stuff like that, but it's also that in those moments of being loved, being cared for, being seen, being heard, we're able to relax, to let what is in us already shine out. You're beloved. Not just in the Valentine's kind of way, but you are loved entirely as you are. God sees your life. And God loves you entirely. You, brothers and sisters, you are the kingdom of God. You are made in the image of God. You are loved by God. That's already true. To be sure, there are moments when that is more obviously true than others. But it is true, always. It is always there. And so as we prepare for this season of Lent, let us trust the Spirit of God to reveal within us what has always been there, what has been there all along, that we are God's beloved children, and so is every other person we will meet in this life. And that, my friends, is the good news. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Hillsborough United Methodist Church. Our senior pastor is Clay Andrew. Our pastor for Las Naciones Hispanic Ministries is Jorge Rodriguez. Our media ministers are Kevin Proctor, Janica Stewart, Perry Hume, Al Dietrich, Christy Proctor, and Dave Rose. Presently, our live stream of services are available at 10 a.m. on the Hillsborough United Methodist Church YouTube page. You can find out more like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube at hillsboroughumc.org. Thank you.